Hey, my name is Melinda Russell, and I am obsessed with telling the stories of women involved in motorsport, young and older, from all walks of life, currently involved in a wide range of roles or sharing their stories from the past. I'm a wife, mother of four adult children, and a mamma of 16. In 2017, I was searching social media for a group dedicated to women in motorsports. When I didn't find what I was looking for, I posted a message to a few racing pages to see if any women would like to connect with me. And now I have thousands of women and men who are part of the Women's Motorsports Network. As crew chief of the only media company dedicated to women in motorsports, I work from wherever my travels take me, publishing this podcast, the Women's Motorsports Network News Online Magazine, and Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show. You will hear from women who share their stories from the grid of life, how they manage the messy and memorable moments of family, work, and racing. You will hear their tried and true secrets of success and many other topics like friendships, family, hardships, and heroes that women deal with to balance the seasons of life. So grab your favorite beverage, pull up a seat, make sure you are comfy, and get ready to be inspired and encouraged from the stories on the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. Are you a female in motorsports? GoFastGirls.com Apparel for the Race Enthusiast empowers women to fiercely pursue their dreams in action in motorsports, instilling them with confidence and unwavering determination. A GoFastGirls empowers incredible speed, unwavering effort, and success. GoFastGirls has emerged as a prominent force uniting women from all walks of life who share a passion for racing. Check us out at GoFastGirls.com today. Hey everybody, Melinda Russell here with the Women's Motorsports Network. And I have a couple of sisters here. I have Megan and Rachel Carpenter, right? Carpenter. Yeah, I always have to make sure I have your last name pronounced correctly because even though it looks easy, sometimes it's not. So I always want to make sure I have that right. And um, we're going to learn a little bit more about each of them. So Megan, we're going to start with you. And then Rachel, you can respond when Megan's done. And I know some of it might be the same because you're sisters, but go ahead and answer anyway. So tell me about yourself, your family, your pets, anything that you're willing to share about yourself. All right. Well, right off the bat, um, born and raised right in Lansing, Michigan. Um, And we uh, moved out to Lanesburg, Michigan, um, about middle school time frame. I'm about three years older than Rachel and, um, graduated from Lanesburg high, went to Ferris state university, graduated there, um, with a automotive management degree and straight out of college ended up right with, um, Stellantis, which is with many words, FCA Chrysler Mopar, um, ended up with them have been working there for seven years. Um, they moved me down from Michigan down to Lexington, Kentucky. So we've been here about seven years. Um, me and my husband, who we met back in um, racing when we first started. So way back in like 2009 timeframe. Um, so now we're down here. We're married. We have two dogs um, and which have kept us plenty busy besides work. Um, but other than that, 
that's pretty much, we don't have any kids, so it's just the four of us here, but we've, like I said, we've been here for seven, going on seven years, and um, it's been a quite the whirlwind. Yes, I'm sure. So, Rachel, are you still in Michigan, or did you follow your sister? I'm not. We, we uh, Greg and I, my fiance, we went to Kentucky for about a year and a half for a job opportunity, and then um, shortly thereafter, had to relocate again for another job. Uh, so now we're in South Carolina. I've been here for almost a year now at this point. Um, so far, I mean, South Carolina is great so far. Really, I think the biggest downfall is not being able to get to race as often as we used to. Um, but same same storyline as Megan. Uh, the only I did like a three in one program with a community college, and then I transferred to Northwood University, and I. I also got a, a business management degree. Um, it seemed like a safe, safe bet, safe opportunity. Um, yeah. So I did that. Now I work for Brown Foreman. They own uh, Jack Daniels and Woodford Reserve. So work in supply okay. chain with them. It's been pretty great so far. Heard of Jack Daniels and Woodford Preserve? Because if you've been through Kentucky or Tennessee or anywhere in that area, you're going to be especially more familiar. I think everybody knows who Jack Dan what. Who yeah. or what Jeff Daniels is. <laughs> yeah. And do you have any pets, Rachel? Yeah, we've got two dogs, uh, a coon hound and a bloodhound there. They're pretty lazy, okay. but uh, no kids Perfect either. kind of dogs for Kentucky and Tennessee, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. So um, Northwoods University, I'm familiar with that. I actually did an interview with a gal. Uh, they had... Uh, an automotive program at the time. And so we interviewed her. So, um, yeah. So what do your coworkers think about you racing? Uh, I mean, for me, um, I work remote, so I don't, I don't interact with a whole bunch of my coworkers on a day-to-day -day basis. But like when they, when I first interviewed with Brown Foreman, I had one of my trophies behind me and uh, every person I interviewed with asked me what the trophy was for. Um, but That's I, th cool. I think anybody you come across that you tell that you race, I think their first reaction is always, oh, horse racing. No, no, I, oh, I race sure. race cars. And uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Where you like live, that's what you bring it up. Yeah, where you live, that's what they think of, isn't it? Is horse racing and not car racing. Yeah. Sure. Megan, what about you? What do your coworkers think? So um, with my job, I actually... I work also remotely, um, but I have about 20 dealerships that I oversee. So I'm out and about quite a bit. And it's quite funny that you find a lot of these little connections as I, um, as I go around and talk to them. And it, it's been a good benefit with me because it's, it's given a common ground with a lot of mm -hmm. them because I work in the service and part side. Okay. So um, the racing in and of itself is obviously an interest point with a lot of them, as well as just having that technical background because of racing has helped mm -hmm. a lot. Um, yeah. but there was a couple guys that, you know, just from talking found out that there's, you know, there's fellow racers out there too. And so mm -hmm. all of them keep asking, Oh, when are you going to come and race down here? And, um, when are you going to do this? Or how, how'd you race this past weekend? So it's been kind of fun because they will always follow up with me on Monday morning just to yeah. see how we did. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice for sure. So I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you, you didn't get laid off or have to um, go on strike because Stellantis was just on strike, right? Yep. Yeah. So did that affect you at all? Nope. Um, so I am within corporation. I'm with it, within the company. And okay. um, so a lot of it was um, just kind of helping dealers get through it. Um, just kind of hold each, holding each other's hands and working our way through it yeah. and okay. navigating those waters and yeah. things that fortunately have calmed down. So yes. um, it should be some smooth sailing ahead. Okay, good. Good to hear that because I live in Kalamazoo and I'm only a couple hours from Detroit. So it was in the news every day, all the time, you know, about it. So I, I'm glad it's settled and getting straightened back out. So which one of you started racing first? So actually we both did kind of at the same time. So um, to the start of it all. So there was a quarter midget track. Um, it's a quarter sized version of a midget essentially, or a sprint car. And we lived right down the road from this racetrack, um, right behind it's called Reno's North on the North side of Lansing, which back then it was called Richards, then rookies and then Reno's North. But, um, there was this quarter midget track back there and my dad just so happened to see some trailers back behind the building, drove back there, saw it. Thought it would be something that would be a fun kind of family sport to keep us all, you know, close knit. Yeah. And um, brought it, the idea back home to my mom, and she was a little hesitant by it, but she was she kind of gave in eventually, and so we ended up getting our first car on my tenth birthday. Okay. Um. So technically, we both started at the same time. Um. The only difference is I was in what they called senior novice, and she was in, and Rachel was in junior novice, which. Um, was just because of our age. Okay. So you drove the same car? Yep. We we ended up racing. So we, we finished the year in the same car. So that was kind of interesting because both classes had different restrictor plates in it. So while one of us was jumping out and the other one was getting in, um, my dad was swapping out restrictor plates okay. so that we could both race because actually both races were back to back. Um, so after those couple of months... That's when my dad was like, no, no more. We're getting another yeah. car. So <laughs> that Christmas, um, the funny story behind the, the Christmas event with the second car is that um, he ended up getting a second car and getting them both painted so they would match. Oh. And he part, he had them sitting on our back porch on Christmas Eve. There was nothing in the radar. Everything was going to be clear. We're going to be good to go. Can't come out, you know, that following morning and uh flicked the porch light on and there was about six inches of snow in both cars oh yeah so they were they were buried they were hidden in the snowbank yeah but um that was we ended up getting two cars that christmas and so we were able to the following year run separate classes and separate okay. cars and go off that way okay so rachel were you surprised about getting the car or did you kind of know you were getting one remember i do remember though when our parents kept poking us to go and keep looking keep looking keep looking I was like i don't see anything because like at this point it's like black outside so it didn't take till gosh i don't know like eight nine ten o'clock in the morning before we could actually see what it was but okay um, i do i i remember uh so megan she was the first one to get two cars to run two different classes 
and I and I remember one it was like a regional event and I I didn't finish very good I didn't make it to the feature I'm like dad this isn't fair why does she get two chances and I only get one so and that's how I got my second car and then we both ran two cars still okay and are is it just the two of you or do you have any other siblings no just the two of us I don't think my parents can afford a third one yeah, well, I the only reason I wondered is because sometimes, you know, there's another sibling that has no interest in any of it. And so sometimes we don't even remember to mention that you have a brother or somebody else in the picture, you know. So so whatever Megan had, Rachel had to have too, right? Because you couldn't let her get ahead of you. <laughs> right. So your dad kind of is the one that inspired you to race and you started in quarter midgets. And then where did you go from there? How long were you in quarter midgets, Megan? And then Rachel, you can answer the same thing when she's done. How long were you in quarter midgets and what was the next step? So we ran quarter midgets until we were the age of where we had to retire. So by the age of 16, um, we ended up, so it would have been about 09 is when we had to retire out of quarter midgets. Um, that last year, year and a half of quarter midgets, we ended up actually getting an asphalt modified to go run at Owasso and Spartan and um, just to kind of get our feet wet a little bit in the in the big cars. And um, it was kind of a, a funny running joke with everyone that I was running a car that to most people had more horsepower and was a bigger car than what normal cars are on the road. And I didn't even have an ID. So um, would run that for a couple of years out of the quarter out of the quarter midgets. And then once we retired, moved straight into that full time um, for about eight, nine years before we started dabbling into other um, other divisions. OK, so, Rachel, did you stay in quarter midgets after Megan moved up? So there's a three year age gap. And I know when Megan got into the mod, it was kind of, it was tricky because she was racing the big tracks and I was still too young to race them. So I did quarter midgets for, I think another year. Um, and then I, I, I got into the four cylinder class. Um, I think that car had more DNFs than it did finishes. Um, but then, so then I also got, got into the asphalt mods. I did that for about a year and a half, I think, and then we went to sell the quarter midgets. And the guy who had bought a quarter midgets from us had known somebody who had a dirt late model, Andy Stebbings. And um, he talked to Andy, and he got me a chance to hot lap the late model. And we never, never looked never back on asphalt racing. No. Yeah. So you both raced on dirt, Megan, you and Rachel both? Yep. Um, shortly after she had that opportunity, I think it was two maybe even three years after she started. Um, same thing, Andy Stebbins had another vehicle or car lined up that, you know, wanted, he was a big, very big promoter in getting women into the sport. And um, like I said, he had another car lined up. He's like, give it a shot, see if you like it. And it was funny because at the time I was very much anti-dirt. It was a, you know, dirt's farming, asphalt's racing kind of thing. Yeah. And um, finally get guys like, all right, I'll, I'll drive it. I'll try it. And, um, haven't looked back since, honestly, it was the dirt's been just so much more fun, um, than the asphalt. So same so thing with like her, you, 
Where did you race then? If you were racing dirt, Rachel, what tracks were you guys at? Um, think that first handful of years, we like our main tracks were Crystal and Tri City. Um, okay. did that for I don't know a handful of years every Friday and Saturday. Um, really, Crystal's our, our, our home track, but we we do I ninety six and Merritt a couple times. Um, I think we've done Thunderbird a handful of times. Winston once, um, so mainly local. And then the last couple of years, we've kind of dabbled outside of the state a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is there very many tracks in the Kentucky area, racetracks? Um, there's at least three or four that I know off the top of my head that a lot of these dealerships ask, you know, am I going to come down and race them? Um, our biggest hurdle is the fact that the cars are still housed in Michigan. Okay. And we currently live in an apartment, so don't think our neighbors would appreciate that too much. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so it's more of a, you really have to plan it out that you're yeah. going to do something on a special weekend or something. And Rachel, probably is that the same for you? Yeah, when, when we did live in Kentucky, like Megan drives up every weekend, so don't let her fool you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I was kind of driving up every weekend, I don't know, three weekends a month probably. Um, but since South Carolina, it's same same thing. And the cars are still in Michigan, so it's it's not a hassle, but it's so much longer driving up yeah. there isn't realistic. You know, I can't take off after yeah. work one day and drive up there. So now it's a flight, and yeah, yeah. So yeah. now it's definitely more of a challenge, but it's it's still worth it. Yeah, for sure, because it gets in your blood, and and that's yeah. that's the thing for sure. So, if you know, if you had a, it could go to any track to race your cars. Do you have a a track on your bucket list that you'd like to race at, Megan? Mine is still Eldora. Um, Rachel's had an opportunity to run there a couple times, and just because of scheduling not lining up, I was not able to run there. So that's still a big bucket list item. Um, notched one off last year, which was down at, uh, in St. Louis, we ran the, um, the dome. So mm -hmm. that was a big humbling experience being able to, you know, rub elbows for the first time for me anyway, with some of, you know, the best in the business Yeah. and, um, just me driving into the building, just me, my, my truck, my car, my trailer. And, yeah. uh, so that was a, a pretty cool humbling experience, but Eldora is still top of the list. Okay. Rachel, what about you? I'm sure there is a track that's probably on my bucket list. I don't know. I can't think of one like right off the top of my hand, but like we've, like Megan said, like we've, I've, I've done some pretty big races, you know, not as competitive because we're just, you know, just a lower budget team, I guess. But um, I've done Eldora and Farmer City and Fairbury and uh, the St. Louis and the Dome in December. That was a, a huge one we did that we went and watched for a couple of years and it's like we need we just need to get the car here yeah. um so we did that first time was a couple of years ago going back again this year um i, I don't know probably making a bigger show would be more of the dream than than another track i'm yeah. sure there's another track i'd love to race on but we've kind yeah. of knocked off a lot of them yeah so is there anybody left in michigan that would bring your cars to you or that just isn't reasonable to do. I mean, you know, like, like if you're going to race in St. Louis, is somebody going to bring you the car and then you're going to meet them there? Or how are you going to work all that out? So uh, the racing is pretty much a three man show. 
for the most part. That's the base. Um, mom helps with the food, but and she's the cheerleader. But mainly yeah. it boils down to me, Rachel, and our dad. So when it comes to traveling, say, for example, St. Louis, um, it's uh, me and my dad will haul the trailers down to St. Louis, and Rachel will meet us there, and we race, and then both um, me and my dad will drive the trailers back up, unload the cars, um, get them all set for the winter, and drive back home. Okay. And is your husband and your fiance, are they, you said you met him at, at the racing. Are they still like part of the crew? They come along or they've just kind of gotten out of it and the, the racing is your thing. Oh yeah. So they, um, so we met um, obviously with racing and he, he continued racing into the big cars. He went into um, 600 mini sprints and then he went into a 360 sprint full size. And then um, he ended up pulling back a little bit on his program just because of where his car was located and it was harder for, to you know make ends meet there. So um, he still races his 600 mini sprint um, once a year in Fort Wayne, the, the rumble. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, so he is pretty much in the summer, he's our big cheerleader slash tire grinder slash anything we need. He's yeah. there. Um, so he's still a very big part of part racing of and racing program. Yeah. What about you, Rachel? What about that fiance? He helps me, Ken. I mean, we lived in Michigan. He was definitely more uh, hands-on. But since we've moved out of the state, it's harder for him to get up there than it is for me just to get away for the weekend. Um yeah. But yeah, he, he helps when he can. Uh, he's he's into drag racing. He's got a, a truck with a, it's pretty okay. souped up. So he, that's his thing. Okay. Well, he's still into racing. So that we'll, we'll give him a break because as long as he still loves racing, then he understands why you still have that in your blood and you need to go race once in a while for sure. Yeah. So do yeah. you have any, do you have any marketing partners that you want to share or, are you, are you the marketing partner, Megan? So mainly um, our primary sponsor is our family-owned repair shop right there in Lansing, uh, Liskey's Auto and Truck Service, um, as well as Turn One Graphic Designs, which is Rachel's baby. Um, but that's pretty much been our, our show. Okay. So, Rachel, what is Turn One? Um, it so we're doing like t-shirts and graphics. Um, we were doing the race car graphics, but we're going over to a plastic body this coming year. So um, then we're ordering graphics this year just to make it easier to apply for the plastic. But um, I don't know. I've taken a backseat the last like year and a half. I mean, at some point I like to get back into it. And I think it'd be awesome to do like race car graphics and print them out and, and have that whole um, process and procedure. But uh, it's just not in the cards right now. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes some things have to go on the back burner while you do something else. And then a few years down the road, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to do that again. And, and it usually all works out if you have something that you really enjoy doing. So don't give up on it for sure. So, um, Megan, what was your biggest obstacle that you had to overcome when you went from quarter midgets to the bigger cars? Do you remember or did did you just jump in and a lot of it was when we transitioned from quarter midget to the asphalt mod. Um, a lot of it was just the no fear. So it was a pretty easy transition going from an open wheel to an open wheel. 
Um, the throttle control was a new thing at the time, just figuring out, you know, can't wide open it anymore. And um, I think the biggest obstacle was between asphalt and dirt. Um, a lot of people say with dirt cars um, and dirt racing in general, you know, it's the driver that makes or breaks the car. Whereas asphalt, it's the car setup. You could have a really good driver, but if you're missing something in the car, you're going to be struggling. Whereas in dirt, you know, you could have a ill handling car, but if you got the driver behind the wheel, you're going to make, you know, forward movement. So it was the biggest hurdle was going from the asphalt to trusting the car, knowing the car to get sideways, letting the car do its thing, do its job and prevent you from going in the wall. Um, a little embarrassed to say I've done my fair share of uh, tagging that wall. Um, particularly, um, there was one night with Rachel, let me drive her car. And same thing, I got up to the wall and nat your natural re reaction is to let off the gas. And I let off the gas. The car came down on off of its uh, off the bars and just turned right. And I was just an absolute wreck because I, I ruined her night. I ruined her, you know, weekend. And she told me to suck it up, get back in the car. Don't let that affect you. <laughs> so it was kind of funny that, you know, the younger sibling telling the older sibling, you know, suck it up and deal with it. But um, it was definitely needed at that point because it was a it was a definitely a challenging obstacle to try navigating. And um, once I finally got over that hurdle, everything started to click a little bit better there's still some things that I have a bad tendency to do between asphalt to dirt. Um, but just it, it's getting better. Um, mm -hmm. but you'll still run into that stuff because it's just old habits. Seat time. Old habits die it's all about yeah. Seat time. Yeah. Rachel, didn't that feel good to tell your sister off? <laughs> I mean, she, she was all beside herself and, and like, I was like, it was, at the time, it was my car, too, and it was like, man, you just jumped the whole right side of my car. So dad and I are back there with the drill bit and the rivet gone and hammering the sheet metal out. But like, when she just get back in it, quit your crying, get back in and go and run some more laps. That wall ain't moving. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that that, you know, you felt really bad, Megan and Rachel, you were like, well, geez, you know, but it happens. It just happens. And, you know, no matter what, when you leave, you're still sisters and you can't let that come between you for sure. So um, did you ever let her drive your car again, Rachel? I don't think so. No. Okay. I think at that point I ended up getting one. <laughs> oh, gosh. So what's your favorite part? of being involved in motorsports. I know you're not as involved, but you know, you're still part of that community. So Rachel, what, what was your favorite part of being involved in motorsports? I mean, for as far as like getting in the car every weekend, you know, like could we have gone and done concerts and football games and you name it? Sure. But there was just, there's always something about going to that racetrack on a hot, sweaty, sticky night climbing in the car, putting your helmet on, smelling the fumes, smelling like just, there's just something about it. There's something that you can't really explain it until you do it. There's just that knit and grit and the determination and, and the passion for it. You know, you just, okay, okay we suck tonight, but why did we suck tonight? What, 
what can we apply till till next weekend? And it was always so just that drive to get better and learn and be smarter for next weekend was that yeah. I think that's what really just kept us for me, it kept me going over the last 20 some years. Yeah. And you really can't explain that to somebody who's never been because they, they just don't get it. It's not like any other sport for sure. So Megan, what's, what's your favorite part? My biggest thing I think that is my favorite is um, pretty much like any other female racer, being that trailblazer, being that, you know, leading by example, there's um, knowing that you're, you know, some other little girl's fan, like, and you just don't know it, but you're, you know, you're their example. And there was um, one, I still have the photo um, just because it just so happened the photographer caught it, but um, we ended up winning one of our heat races at our local tracks and um, pulled into the infield, took our picture. I rolled up a little bit and um, just to wait for the next heat to um, get finished so I could pull off. And um, this little girl walked up to the side of my car and um, the photo that the photographer actually got was us fist bumping outside of my car. And, um, come to find out after the race, um, she was, you know, my biggest fan and she absolutely loved the fact that I won. And her story actually is very similar to how me and Rachel grew up before racing. And, um, she rode there with her dad in the tow truck. And, uh, she, like I said, she was, I was her favorite driver and it just so happened to win that heat. She came over and fist bumped me. So it's, it's really cool to see that stuff and to know that, you know, we're, we're one of the many trailblazers in the sport. And um, it's kind of cool when you get some of those fans to walk up or you hear about them and um, it makes it definitely worth, it makes it worth the drive every yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah, so uh, sure. it's definitely been my favorite part. What about you, Rachel? Um, I mean, kind of same thing, you know, you don't really, when you're like, you're, when you're racing, you don't think of really the people in the stands, but then like on autograph night or something or, mm -hmm. or, um, I think it was sometime this year, there was a, this dad with his, um, daughter and they'd come by the trailer and they stopped and talked to us. And, uh, I remember, you know, I went to, I think the dad went to fist bump me after that, after we, we talked for, I don't know, probably 10 minutes or so. And, um, and so like, I'm going to fist bump him. I'm like, no, I'm going to fist bump his daughter too. And they walked away and I got back in the golf cart and, and I over, I overheard him ask her if that was cool. And, and she was all about it. Um, yeah. so like when you're in the car, you don't think about like the impact you're making, but like an autograph night and you get those, those girls that come up to you or even, you know, the mom walking with her son, Oh, that's a girl eraser. You know, so mm -hmm. I think that that's always really cool to see too. Yeah. And, and it's true. I mean, you could be impacting in a number of ways, you know, not just the fact that you're a girl driving, but that you're a clean driver or you are a good sport or all kinds of ways. And you could be, you know, impacting little boys and girls really. And, you know, but especially little girls, because if they see a girl out there in a car racing, you know, that might just be all they need to be like, Hey dad, I want to, I want to race a quarter midget or I want to be like her. And you just, and you might not ever know. 
how that turns out. But I guarantee you, people are watching, especially if you're a girl. They really are. I, I know that just from all the interviews I've done, all the races I've seen, uh, girls get some attention when they come off the track or when the, the people in the stands realize that it's a girl. It's a different deal for sure. Yeah. So how about your most memorable? Have you, If you've had a win, have you had a memorable win? And if you haven't had a win, just give me your most memorable moment. Megan? So my most memorable moment was actually when, um, so the year before, I ended up winning a, um, a feature there at Crystal. And it was, to me, it was special in the sense of the year before, my sister ended up winning her first feature at Crystal. And, um, you know, she became the first female. And then almost to, you know, that day, to, a year later, I ended up pulling out a win. Um, so we became the first two sisters. And I remember that night because um, Rachel didn't make the feature that night. And she was up in the grandstands with my dad. And um, she was the first one down at my car, just, just punching me in the car, just yelling at me and hooting and hollering. And um, it was cool to see that. And uh, it was definitely, I had always struggled. I always came close, always came the, you know, runner up um, in, a, in a handful of races in the dirt car and um, got snuck out with a handful of asphalt modified races too. So to finally be able to go from struggling so bad in the dirt car to finally being able to achieve that win and um, doing it, you know, pretty much a year after Rachel, um, that was definitely a big win and confidence booster for sure. Yeah. Rachel, what about you? Um, I think, I think probably like my most memorable win for sure is definitely that first one I won at Crystal. Um, you know, there was a couple of cautions early in the race and then, gosh, I don't know if, it, I don't, like, I don't know if you watch like the outside, like camera view of the track. I don't know if we had checked out, but it's like the car was just working so good. And I had gone to some lap traffic and I got hung up and um, almost got taken out. Almost, almost, uh, I went to the bottom, car came down, we got tangled up. Got, I got pretty much sideways and um, still drove away from it. I'm like, at this point, I'm going to ride. There's like five laps left. If someone's going to pass me, they deserve it more than me. Cause I, I couldn't get around this, this car. And, um, but I think that's probably my most memorable. I think probably the most like successful and like fun thing, if I can remember back and, and being like on top of the game was, was our first year in, in Palo mid Michigan raceway. Um, they do their corn harvest uh, every year, their final race of the year. And um, the first year we had ever ran it, it was like my first, second or third time in the car. And it was an old Rayburn swing arm with a 525 crate in it. So it didn't have a whole lot of power. It didn't get crossed up car just went straight and it was fast and I led it was a 50 lap race I think we led probably 30 40 laps of it uh caution came out I didn't clean my tires off I didn't know to clean my tires off and they sealed up but um that whole year after that we we pretty much dominated I, I don't know how many features we ran one that year but it had been at least five and then that second year for corn harvest came back around and I remember because I, I was still in band uh, in high school and so I, we had a football game. I had to do the football game before I could leave to go practice the car. And I remember we got there. And uh, when when I rolled through the pits, apparently you know, the story is that a whole bunch of people walked up to the fence and had their uh, stopwatches on them. 
It's like I was like it was like I was the car to beat, you know. We had dominated it all year. We were good last year. Um, so it was just a really cool moment. That is cool. That is cool for sure. Yeah. So you know, what do you think about I know it's it's hard, the cars are not handy. Do you think you'll ever, you know, get to a place where you have your car and you're gonna really try to get back into racing, or are you just going to you know, race as much as you can the way things are now or, or what are your plans, Megan? So right now, um, we say this when we moved down here that, you know, we're just grateful for, you know, the opportunity to still run. Cause you never know what, you know, your next weekend folds, you know, your next year. So just being able to still sit in the car was a win. Um, seven years later, we're still doing it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. so I don't know if, the cards are in our hand to bring it down here. Um, but we go up there regularly enough to still compete in points and still we're, we're still very, very fortunate in that sense that we're able to do those things. Yeah. Um, so it takes just a little bit more commitment because we're driving so much, but, um, you know, we have a good support system to be able to still do it. And we race a little bit more conservatively now, just because, it is just our dad working on the cars majority of the time, you know, we do the best we can while we're still there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, work comes first and yeah. adulting comes first. So, yeah. um, we do what we can and, uh, it's, we run, like I said, we run a little bit more conservatively because we're a weekend to weekend team now. And yeah. it's just, it is what it is. And, um, uh, we would like to, at some point move back up to Michigan. So that way we can be a little bit more competitive. Um, but it's just more or less just see what the future holds kind of thing. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? Um, I mean, still, still going to make that trip up to Michigan and race. Um, cause it's not just racing too. It's, it's racing with our dad and our dad eats, breathes, lives racing every day of his life. I mean, you can't call him and not have a conversation that doesn't include the race cars. Um, so definitely still making that trip up there and doing it with him. Um, at some point, we would love nothing more than to get our own car, whether that's, I don't know if a late model um, is really in our in our cards, uh, but maybe a, like a crate mod, or we'd even love to get a 600 because we don't live too far from Millbridge, um, where oh, we're yeah. at now. Mm -hmm. So I, I think a 600 would be a freaking blast. Um, yeah. But maybe a 600 at some point, and then just as a, as a filler when we're not up in Michigan racing. Yeah. Yeah. And Millbridge is turned into such a mm -hmm. iconic, you know, everybody wants to go to Millbridge and race and, and there you could be racing against Kyle Larson or his kid or Brexton Bush or, or a, but there's a lot of girls that I know that go there to race and I've not been there, but that is on my bucket list to get there to, to watch some racing there. I've interviewed the lady that runs the track. She's amazing. And, uh, so, you know, that's kind of my bucket list to get there to watch for sure. So, um, yeah. It puts on yeah. some great racing. It's definitely, uh, it's, it's a really cool environment. And then you got the cars that are just chipping. And I, I don't know what they turn for RPM, but you can just tell that they're up there screaming. Yeah. And I think, yeah. the, I think the wall there makes for incredible racing because, I mean, that's the way around. I mean, you see a couple guys be in the bottom, but most of it is right rear on the wall and banging that cushion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I concentrate on females in motorsports. So 
Um, Rachel, we'll start with you. Do you think it's a good sport for girls to be involved in? And if so, why? I think so for sure. I honestly, like when we started racing quarter midgets, you know, we, there was a couple girls, um, that we raced against, but really over the years, I think there has been a huge influx in female racers across the board. Um, I feel like when you go to like a drag strip, I, I think there's a lot more girls in like top tier teams than yeah, you do yeah. see in dirt racing or I don't follow like asphalt late models that closely, but I just, I do feel like there's more of an influx. And I, you know, I think we're just as competitive. I don't, you know, when we climb in that race car, I don't want to be raced any different. I don't want to be right. looked at any different. You know, we throw, we throw that helmet on. We all do the same thing on the track. Um, yeah. I think we're just as good or just as competitive. You know, and, and like Megan said, we race, we, yeah, we race kind of conservatively. But one thing that like our dad instilled in us when we, particularly when we got out of quarter midgets was to be, you know, you got to earn the respect of everybody else. So I think as long as you keep that in mind, you know, whatever, whatever you're racing, um, you know, at first you got to earn the respect because yeah, we're, we were just kids racing, you know, grownups who work 40 hours a week that go home and spend their hard earned paycheck. And we're just a bunch of bunch of kids racing these cars against them so yeah it was a it was definitely a curve to get that respect but I think yeah. once we got it and I at this point any of our local tracks I don't think I we I don't have a problem with respect on the track I and mean, there was definitely times where baby didn't have it with some drivers um but I think it's it's a fair game for anybody girls male yeah however you want to look yeah. at it we're all the same it surprised me when I went to US 131 Motorsports in Martin the first year that I went there after I started this, the number of little girls, like I'm talking six year, six to 10 maybe. And I could not believe how many girls there are. And you're right. There's, there's a lot more girls and, and the women in the top tier in both motorcycle and cars in like NHRA and that is, you know, you don't find a female in, um, you know, like World of Outlaws or any big sprint car series or really the late model series. There are no women doing that. I don't understand that actually why. I don't see why it can't be done. But, um, you know, otherwise girls in like asphalt, there's a lot of girls that race, you know, asphalt, uh, Kalamazoo, that's what I've got. I'm surrounded by asphalt tracks. So that's kind of where I, you know, I follow and, and that, but, um, you know, we got to get some girls, some women up there in those, those higher, you know, rankings of some of those dirt sports, dirt racing too, for sure. Megan, do you want to add anything to that? I mean, I'm same vote as Rachel. Um, I mean, we've definitely seen an influx, um, you know, even at from the quarter midget level, even the mini wedge division um, at a lot of the local tracks that that division has just taken on like wildfire. Mm -hmm. And to see the amount of little girls in there, um, it's encouraging for one, because, you know, when we started, there was some, but there wasn't a whole lot. And, you know, we were kind of that oddball person, even though both me and Rachel, we were brought up in the same, you know, mentality of when the helmet goes on, you're no different than anybody else. And that's just how we were raised. And we were pretty much the sons that he never had. <laughs> and uh, so we were in the same mentality of the whole, 
you know, you have to earn your respect. You have to respect others. Um, you're not out there just banging on people. And mm -hmm. if you do, you deserve every bit of what you're about to get back. So, yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, pretty much the same thing that Rachel said with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. You, you know, my granddaughters raced quarter midgets. Um, they're probably a little younger than you. How old are you girls? So I just turned 30 um, back okay. in August. And so you must be 27, Rachel. I am. Yeah. So, so you're, um, you're older than them. They're uh, 20 and 18, but they started racing quarter midgets at Kalamazoo at the little track. And, and, you know, there was a fair number of girls racing when they were racing there. And then there was a fair number of them that continued on and went to the bigger cars at what we call the big track at Kalamazoo. So, um, but you know, now I think there's more and more little girls that race quarter midgets based on the people that I get, you know, I get a lot of referrals about people to feature in the magazine or on the podcast. And there's a lot of little girls that race quarter midgets all over the country. There's, there's some big quarter midget clubs. And so, you know, it's a good place for girls to start, I think is in the quarter midgets for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a good place for us to, um, I think we've, we have learned so much from quarter midgets that I don't think we give it enough credit. Um, yeah. Just from little things about, you know, navigating traffic or um, just being able to avoid wrecks. That's been yeah. the big thing between me and Rachel is just because the timing in a quarter midget um, is so small. The air, the time for air is so small that it has saved us out of a number of wrecks. I bet. Yeah. And, you know, the tracks are so small that you have to be really, um, your reaction time has to be really good for sure in the, in the quarter midgets. And so that I'm sure that helps you as you race the bigger cars. Yeah. So what about social media? Um, how do you use it? If we want to follow you, um, tell us, you know, where to follow you on social media. So we do have a Facebook page. Um, we will admit it has not been updated in a hot, hot minute. Um, that's been something that we need to get kind of on that a little bit better. Um, but there is an MNR racing page um, that's out there. And um, we do obviously update it a little bit more during the season. Yeah. But that's something that overall we should probably work on a little bit better. So at least people know where we're racing at. Yeah. Um, instead of, you know, the weekend of, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for what we got for social media. Okay. All right. That's good. So I'm going to ask you a kind of a funny question aside from your cell phone, tablet or computer, what is one thing you can't live without? Mm. Rachel, I think you can go first <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Oh, um, Lord, I don't know. I think like, what I can't live out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think the one thing I can't live without is, um, it's kind of funny. It's actually my dog. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, he is, he is a mama's boy <laughs> through and through. And, um, I always kind of joke that I'm his emotional support human and he's my emotional support dog, but 
we're we're combined at the hip. Um, drives me crazy sometimes. But and what kind of um, dog is that? He is an Australian Shepherd mix. Okay. Um, we rescued him shortly after we moved down here. Um, he was um, when we. It was a funny story how we went there. It was one of those where we went. Rachel was actually with us and um, was more or less. Let's just go to the Humane Society and let's go see dogs. They're cute. Nothing will happen. And uh, yeah, we walked out of there with a dog. And yeah. um, and a couple of years later, the second one, we did the same thing. We didn't learn and went in and had found the other dog. So. Yeah. We don't have a very good track record with humane well, societies, <laughs> but you know, they get your heart. They just wrap, wrap their little paws around your heart. I, I was never a dog person. Um, my daughters had dogs when they were growing up and it was like, okay, you take care of them. I'm not taking care of them. I really wasn't much of a dog person. And when I married my second husband, Mark, he was a big dog person. He never had any children. So the dog was his child that dog passed away. And so what did we do? We went and got another dog, you know? And so, um, the last couple winters we lived in our RV in Arizona, my youngest two daughters lived there. And so when we were out there in the winter at the RV resort, everybody had a dog and little dogs and the most adorable dogs. And I fell in love with these little dogs. And so last year at Christmas, my birthday's five days after Christmas, which really is a terrible time for a birthday. But I said, I want a Shih Tzu. And I, I had found one that was the last of the litter. And he is my emotional support dog for any, all of eight pounds, you know, but um, you do get attached to him. And I, I don't know how I could live without him for sure. So I get what you're saying about the dog and so um yeah rachel do you have anything you want to share about that i mean same thing dogs i don't know if uh, i would couldn't live without it but something that uh, we've gotten recently that has been phenomenal is we have a, a pellet smoker um and so and so we've done a lot of smoking and grilling on that and that's been that's been a lot of fun so far it's definitely i would yeah I don't know. I really like my pellet smoker. Yeah. And you know, those are really have become popular. My son-in-law has one and I'll tell you, once you start cooking on those, you don't want to cook on anything else. No, it, yeah, it, so. it, it kills over a gas smoker. You can, I mean, ours has probes and an app and you can sit there and watch the food and get notifications on the whole thing. It's just really good. It's definitely better than a gas grill. Yeah. Definitely yeah. smoker. Very, very cool for sure. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some fun questions now about your favorites. So, uh -oh. so Megan, you're going to go first because you're the oldest, and I'm going to ask you your favorite, and then you answer, and then, Rachel, you answer right after. Okay? So here we go. Your favorite food or restaurant? Favorite food um, would have to be, this is going to sound childish, but chicken tenders. I am a child at heart, so got to go for the chicken tenders. Me too. Me too. Rachel? I'm going to say pizza. Pizza. Favorite beverage? Mm, I'm going to have to go with a plain Janer. I'm, I'm a 
big water drinker, but if I had to pick, it would probably be root beer, like a, like a draft type root beer. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong. The real there. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, they have cheer wine in the South. I don't know if it's a Carolina thing, but cheer wine is, is right up there. Okay. All right. Favorite racetrack food and where? Oh, favorite racetrack food. Um, I would have to go with um, just the good old hot dog. I mean, you yeah. get once in a while a track that eh, you're a little skeptical about, but there's other tracks that uh, you can't go wrong with a good hot dog. And, you know, it's just like going to the ballpark and then watching baseball. I might not want a hot dog when I'm at home, but you smell them, you're outside, nothing better than a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel? I'm going to say track nachos here. I did uh, walk and taco. Attica has a pretty good walk and taco. So I'm going to go to Okay. Nachos. Um, Megan, favorite color? It's going to have to be a lime green. Okay. Rachel? Red. I couldn't hear you. Red. Like a red or a red. neon red. Oh, yeah. Okay. Favorite animal? I think we know. Um, either a dog or horse, actually. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna say a moose. Oh, they're so <laughs> cute with the antlers. I love I love those too. There was a place in someplace Mark and I went on vacation, and uh, it was Wisconsin, and everywhere you went, there were like pictures of moose, and the restaurant was called Moose Something, and I don't know, it must just be a a thing for where we were at at that time. But yeah, that's cool. How about a favorite vacation destination? Either somewhere you've been or somewhere you would like to go. Our favorite um, vacation that we've been on so far um, is probably been what we went on in September, which is we actually went on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Never been on one. Um, it was an absolute blast. Would definitely do it again. Okay. Um, but uh, that and just being able to travel with, yeah. I mean, a cruise ship, you're able to go to multiple spots. Yeah. And um, we've been to other places, but I think definitely the cruise that topped it all. Yeah. Those are fun. What about you, Rachel? I think my favorite. And we've done it. You got to talk louder, hon. I can't hear you. I, oh, my favorite. I don't know how long we've done it. Probably six years or so. Uh, we've gone down to Tampa, Florida in February to watch East Bay. And that's, that's definitely the bucket list every year. Yeah, that's a good track. I know somebody that used to run, that used to race there. Yeah, for sure. Favorite candy or snack? Ooh, I'm a salty. I'm, I'm a salt over a sugar. So um, chips, um, candy, not too fan of much of a fan of candy but um a good skittles um but mainly i'm a i'm a salt type okay. fan <laughs> rachel for sweet, I'm gonna go Kit Kat. i can't hear you for sweets i'm gonna go on a Kit Kat. okay Kit Kat. okay sounds good favorite place to shop hmm <laughs> so favorite places to shop I'm going to have to go with Lane Automotive because <laughs> we were brought up so weird. We were not brought up like your typical love going clothes shopping. Like 
both me and Rachel despise of it. And our my husband and her fiance absolutely hate it because we don't have anything but gray shirts in our closets. So um, I'd have to say Lane. Okay. Rachel? <laughs> I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say it, but uh, the last year and a half, we have become Hot Wheel Hunters. So uh, Walmart or Target? <laughs> hey, Target's the number one answer <laughs> that I get from people. So that's is absolutely the number one answer I hear. Do you have a favorite movie, actor, or actress? Hmm. Um, favorite actor would have to be like a Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling. Um, can't go wrong with a Tom Hanks. But uh, um, for a movie, there's so many good ones out there. I don't know if I could nail down one, but definitely those three actors. Okay. Rachel? Uh, I'm going to say Matt Damon or Tom, or Tom Cruise. Probably favorite movie, probably Ross. Okay. All right. Um, do you have a favorite sports team that's not racing related? Um, I'd have to say right now, can't go wrong with the Detroit Lions. Isn't that amazing what they're doing? Yeah. Can't believe it. <laughs> the big turnaround that they've had and just the the sheer outcome of fans that have laid dormant for so long yeah. um, are coming out of the woodwork now. Yeah. It's those fair weather fans, you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Rachel? MSU men's basketball. I can't hear you. Probably MSU men's basketball. Oh, yeah. And you love Tom Izzo. He's a great yeah. guy. He's a great coach. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite professional race car driver? Um, right now, um, it, it, I mean, it's always will be you know your typical your Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, Jr. was the reason my car is the number eight. Um, okay, but I think right now, I got a root for our quarter midget kids that are out there you know your Carson Hosefar, your Eric Jones yeah um, you know we raced alongside them growing up too so sure. um my dad's one famed glory is he was Carson Hosefar's novice director so anytime he sees Carson on the TV he's like I taught him how to race that way yeah but uh yeah that that's his one famed okay. glory awesome Rachel I'm Jonathan Davenport. He's another good one. So Carson and Jonathan. Well, I have to say I'm a Carson fan too. Um, he was still racing when my granddaughters got into quarter midgets and um, we got to be friends. They, his parents ran the track there, the little Kalamazoo Speedway. And, and so um, Carson's been, I've been a fan of Carson since he was young and, and started in, you know, he was in, ran some ARCA races, ran some at Berlin and that. And, and so um, I, I'm a big fan of Carson's for sure. Um, you know, I, I think now that he's going to the cup series, I'm also kind of a Corey LaJoy fan. I like him. I think he's a good person. I've met him a couple times and they're going to be racing on the same team. So I may have, I, I was always a Kyle Busch fan, always will be, always will be. But I think I'm going to maybe 
uh, have dual teams and I'm going to have the Spire Motorsports is going to also be one of my favorites for sure. So, and um, last question, favorite thing to celebrate? Favorite thing to celebrate would have to be, besides a feature win, um, would have to probably be my wedding anniversary. Um, okay. Just because we've we've been together for so dang long. Um, we're practically before high school sweethearts. So um, just good. being able to spend time with him, we're practically connected at the hip. So that's good. Um, I'd have to say wedding anniversary is as, okay. as cliche as that sounds. No, I think that's wonderful. And Rachel? I was thinking more along the holiday line, but Christmas may or may not have already been listening to Christmas music. So Christmas. Christmas for sure. And you know what? I think I don't think they've started Christmas music here yet, but I do think that as soon as Thanksgiving's over, it's it's on. It's like Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, I think all the radio stations that do Christmas music, it's there. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully maybe this year there'll be some new songs or or different people singing some of the songs because some of them get kind of old after a while. And I love Christmas, but some of the music does get old after a while. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, so, it's fair game. As, yeah, it is for <laughs> sure. For sure it is. Well, Megan and Rachel, I have really enjoyed talking to you. Um, it's nice to see sisters who can race with each other, against each other. And even you don't live in the same town, but you still try to get together with your dad. And it's a family thing. And I like seeing that. That's a good example for some of those younger ones. And it's a good example for some of those parents that it's a sport that it's not just a little kid sport. It's not just baseball or some sport that the kids are going to grow out of. It's a sport that you can you can be however old and still be a family race team. And so I, I love seeing that about the two of you. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And, uh, you know, maybe when you come back to Michigan sometime, if you're racing, you're going to have to let me know. Because, you know, I'm, I'm here all summer and I like going to tracks that I haven't been to before. So you'll have to make sure you stay in touch with me about that. And um, one thing that uh, we try to say, the Women's Motorsports Network is a family. The people that we've interviewed, the people that we've met, they become your family, your race family. And so now that you've been on the show with me, you're part of the family. So welcome to the family. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Women's Motorsports Network podcast. Subscribe to my show and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you or someone you know would like to be featured in the Women's Motorsports Network news online magazine, this podcast, or Let's Talk Racing Live, my social media show, Contact me via Messenger on Facebook at Melinda Russell or send me an email at Women's Motorsports Network at gmail.com.